Hello, my name is Erin Schmitz and I'm the program manager of the Lakeshore Museum Center's Historic Sites. The Historic Sites includes the Fire Barn Museum, the Skolnick House of the Depression Era, and the Hackley and Hume Historic Site. Each of these historic places have many stories that we share with visitors throughout the touring season. The Hume family is where our story takes us in this episode. During the winter months, we spend our time at the museum planning new programs and doing research to further our knowledge on Muskegon history and the individuals that lived in each house. While doing research recently, I focused my attention on Helen Hume, the second-born daughter to famous lumber baron Thomas Hume and his wife Margaret. Helen Mary Hume was born August 29, 1875. She lived in the Hume house from the day her family moved in until the day of her death on December 19, 1949. Helen was the first Muskegon woman elected to the vestry at St. Paul's Episcopal Church, where she participated in missionary society work and taught Sunday school for many years. She was a trustee of the Hume Home of the Aged, a member of the Children's Home Board of Directors, a very active member in the American Red Cross, and a member of the Friends of Art and Women's Club. For her formal education, Helen attended the University of Michigan. She was an avid traveler and left a wonderful collection of travel books and letters. One collection of 160 letters is from a trip that Helen took with her childhood friend Frances Ford and a chaperone named Mr. Lewis. Helen and Frances, a schoolteacher who boarded with the Humes, went on a round-the-world trip from November 1908 to May 1909. This six-month excursion began in New York, continued to Egypt, India, Burma, Indonesia, Thailand, China, and Japan, and ended in San Francisco, California. Throughout most of the trip, the women traveled by boat or steamer to get from place to place, but they also traveled by train for portions of the journey, and even on a single passenger ox cart. It's interesting to read the letters and discover the family dynamic that Helen had with her siblings and her parents. In the letters to her brothers, she's very matter-of-fact, short and to the point. With her sisters, she goes into much more detail and speaks to them very lovingly. In the letters to Helen's parents, she tends to unload some of the mishaps from her trip. For example, in a letter to her mother, Margaret, Helen expresses a particular experience on January 2, 1909. The letter reads, We had a very hot ride down from Anurad Hapura. At least the last half of it was hot. We started at 7 in the morning and reached Colombo at 3.30 p.m. without anything to eat between. You will consider it strange when I tell you that I continued good-natured. There was to have been a restaurant car put on at Candy, but for some reason it was not done. So Mr. Lewis made a raid on the refreshment room and found three sandwiches and slices of bread, a few bananas, and three bottles of soda water. In putting the soda water on the floor, one bottle burst, flooding the compartment. Then the sandwiches that were balanced on the edge of the suitcase had tumbled into the pool of water, so all we really had is wet feet and dry bread. We howled at the mirth. However, we mopped up the floor with the bread, and when we reached Colombo, we had a late tiffin or an early tea and went straight to bed and slept until dinner time. Helen made friends easily along her trip and attended formal dances, she played bridge and chess. She spent time in the gymnasium while on the steamer in between ports. She also purchased souvenirs and sent them home and expressed her excitement to receive letters from her loved ones. Throughout the duration of her trip, she missed family birthdays, 
Christmas, and even New Year's. In many of the letters, she described the details of beautiful scenery and ancient sites. In a letter to her sister Florence, she shared her adventures riding a camel from the hotel to experience the pyramids and the Sphinx in Egypt. While reading, I discovered that she enjoyed animals while at the zoo, but steered clear of the monkeys because of her dislike for them. This trailblazing 33-year-old experiences a lifetime of stories on her travels. From a letter dated December 27, 1908, Helen writes to her younger sister Florence, Yesterday we went around Candy to see the Temple of the Tooth, which is a great fake infected with beggars. And then we packed and left at 2 p.m. for Anuradhapura. It was a long, hot journey, as we did not reach there until 9. Then we got into the only equipages that there were, namely ox carts. They were the tiniest things. They almost were taken off their feet when we got into one, and there was only room for one of us. So I overflowed upon the ox, and Mr. Lewis was half out of the back. The small boy who prodded the ox exhorted him further by twisting his tail and by uttering the most peculiar throat noises, which made us howl in mirth. The ox made pretty good time, too, running right along. The hotel was about a mile and a half from the station, and we consistently encouraged each other with the visions of a distant light, which sure enough turned into a firefly. When we finally reached the hotel, we found that every room in this place was full and that accommodations had been kept for us in the rest house. Only the old duffer in charge had read the instructions wrong, so we were short one room. The reason why we could not get the room, which was supposed to be ours, was that some government people did not leave when they intended to. At about 10, we got dinner while Mr. Lewis flew around looking for beds. At about 11, we drove over to the rest house in the carts, which had waited. As it was only eight rooms, you can imagine what a noble building it was. Francis and I had a room with a table and an empty washstand and one bed in it. However, another bed was found and a wash basin, very dirty, brought from somewhere and a huge pail of water. Mr. Lewis made the beds, which only had two sheets on them, and we went to sleep with visions of jackals and cheetahs coming through the bars of the window. This morning, I discovered that Francis's bed had a hole in the cane. They were like a cane-seated sofa, and she had the most uncomfortable night. We had to throw out our water through the bars of the window when we had washed, and had to get it from the pail into the basin by scooping it with a soap dish. You can imagine that we got up early. We have been on a drive around the ruins and had two breakfasts, one at 8 and one at 11 and now we're going for another ox drive. The officials are leaving this afternoon, so we're hoping we shall have room soon. We'll start at 7 tomorrow morning and reach Colombo in the afternoon, and I expect we shall have more Christmas mail there. Consequently, I'm trying to write my letters up to date. With much love as ever, Helen Mary Hume. Each of these stories in the letters allows staff, volunteers, and visitors to get a better understanding about whom Helen Hume was. The letters make her relatable to us, a real person, instead of just a figure in the community or of the Hume family. If you'd like to learn more about Helen Hume or the rest of the Hume family, we invite you on a tour this summer. Visit our website to see our hours of operations at www.lakeshoremuseum.org. Thanks! Thanks!